0: Thank you, Pastor Self. Marisa, playing for him. You mentioned preaching about doubt. I doubt I could sing like that. Okay, (laughs) I do. I do doubt that. That's a a blessing. Matthew chapter eleven. If you have a Bible, if you didn't bring one, there's one in the seat underneath. You can use for the service. Matthew chapter eleven. So good to see you all. Now, if you're wondering, uh, Pastor, you know, had his little heart thing happen to him this week. We're glad that he finally got his heart right, and uh, and so Pastor Bloom was scheduled to kind of just preach this morning. Pastor will be preaching tonight, but Pastor Bloom, and then Pastor Bloom got sick, so now I'm preaching this morning, and... Uh, So, in a minute, when we bow our heads and close our eyes to pray, it's your chance to slip out, but I encourage you not to slip out. (laughs) I I, uh, have something I think can help, very simple concept, but it's uh, so helpful. Uh, If you have that, and you're physically able to, if you would stand, as I read, I'll read out loud, you read along with me, out of Matthew 11. And we're going to look at verse... Verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Smile for a word of prayer. Father, I ask for your help this morning. Help me as I, I share this morning. Help me be clear in my words and communication. Father, we pray for each uh, person here that they would just uh, listen to what you have to say. And uh, simple truth from your word that can help us so much in this area of doubt. And Father, we just ask your blessing on this service now that the Spirit of God would work. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. We talk about doubt. There's a lot of uh, little sayings about doubt. Have you ever heard the phrase, prove beyond a reasonable doubt? Prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, another phrase often used i call into doubt maybe someone has done something or said something and you know i I have some doubt about that how about this one this one is kind of hard to understand really let's give them the benefit of the doubt and what we're trying to say is hey we're not going to jump to conclusions uh about what has happened here but it almost sounds like we'll give you the benefit that we have doubts about what you did okay that's (laughs) that's what it sounds like to me uh no doubt about it how many's heard that one uh how about just the phrase i doubt it you ever use something happens i doubt it and my favorite is a shadow of a doubt that means there's there's no doubt here not even the shadow of a doubt kind of kind of peeking in and doubts talked about a lot in fact let me ask a question how many would say this i think i doubt myself too much but i'm not sure Raise your hand if that's, if that's you this morning. Oh, it could be. Really, the, the definition of doubt is this: to be uncertain or undecided, having a tendency to disbelieve, a wavering opinion, or lack of trust. Let me, let me read that again: to be uncertain or undecided, having a tendency to disbelieve, a wavering opinion, Or lack of trust. Now, the opposite of doubt is faith. Faith is simply this. Trust or confidence in someone or something. Trust or confidence in someone or something. You know, the Christian life is a life of faith. Doesn't the Bible say, the just shall live by what? Faith. Doesn't say the just shall live by doubt. If you know Christ, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, John 3.18 is an interesting verse because it tells us there's only two types of people in the world. It says, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So there's really only two types of people in the world. Those who have believed and those who haven't believed. Believe means to trust, rely upon. So you could be a Baptist who's trusted in Jesus as their Savior and is going to heaven, or you could be a Baptist who hasn't believed in Jesus as their Savior and is going to hell. You could be a Methodist who has believed in Jesus as their Savior, or you could be a Methodist who hasn't believed in Jesus and is going to hell. And you could keep going on and on with that. There's only two types of people, those who believed and those who believe not. The question is, can an unbeliever have doubt? I just heard Pastor Troy share before his song, and yes, they can have doubt. They might doubt that God exists, or they might doubt that uh, Jesus was God, or they might have doubts. How could a loving God make a place like hell? But I think one of the big things we run into—we just had revival—and you can you, you run into this is that the unbeliever might have doubts. How can God forgive me? What I've done in my life? What's going on in my life, even right now? And let me give you all assurance, yes, God can save you because he died to pay for all of your sins. And, and you can be sure that is true because he rose from the dead. So if you're an unbeliever, it's out, can, can God really save me? Yes, he can. See, we're all sinners. And because we're sinners, we owe a debt to God. And the Bible is very clear that being religious or good won't pay the debt. That is why Jesus came to die for you. And pay your debt of sin. And your sins are all paid for. And now he offers eternal life, a home of heaven. The forgiveness of sins, if you would believe that. And believe means to trust or rely upon. You know, we said that the, 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 the believer should live by faith. But if you want to go to heaven, you need to put your faith in Christ. Christ. And you can be sure that's true. You don't have to doubt it because Jesus rose from the dead. So, if you're here this morning and you've never put your trust in Christ as your Savior, I'd encourage you to do that. Don't trust yourself, don't trust your feelings, don't trust the denomination. The Bible says if you'll trust Christ, He'll give you everlasting life. So, an unbeliever can have doubts, but a believer can have doubts too. You know Christ is your Savior. Here's a common one. We're going to talk about this a little later on in the message. I I, I believe in Christ, but I'm not really sure I have eternal life. We've been to doubt. Maybe you uh, doubt that God's hearing your prayers or you're having doubts because of something going on in your life. How could this happen? And so uh, a believer can have doubts too. And, of course, that's our text uh, passage today. John the Baptist started to have some doubts. Is Jesus really... The one we were looking for, is he really the Messiah? And so we share this message uh, really for three, three basic reasons. We need to share this. First off, because we all face doubts, don't we? Isn't that, isn't that true? We might have doubts about our finances. You know, especially I see a lot of senior adults here. i going to have enough to live in retirement. Uh, my wife and I always joke about, uh, retirement and, and trying to save up for it and uh, you know you get people to give you advice and everything and they, they say oh you, you want to do all these things so you can live the same lifestyle you're living now when you retire and so my wife and I said, we can, we can do that we can live the same life we live right now when we retire for about 15 minutes <laughs> so you, you know have doubts you know do, have, for, for your finances maybe a job situation that why, why, why am I doing here What's happening? Is this really the place I'm supposed to be? Maybe your marriage, and you're having doubts and struggles uh, in your marriage. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's just your ability to serve Lord in the capacity in which you're called. You know, I thought God called me to work in a wine. I thought he called me to teach Sunday school. I thought he called me to to, to be involved in these things, and I, I just don't know if I can really do it. And you start to have doubts. Doubts whether... God's hearing your prayers. That uh, whatever it might be, there are a lot of way things that cause us to doubt. But we all face doubts. You know, you can't mention doubt without mentioning who's the famous doubt guy in the Bible? Doubting Thomas. Yes, doubting Thomas. In and, and, and John twenty, verse twenty-five. John twenty, verse twenty-five. It says in uh, first in verse 24 in Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus. Uh, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. But if you want to turn there, you go ahead. I, it's just, that's fine. See when you when you get a message the last minute, you don't have fancy slides <laughs> that, that have the verse on. And I'm sorry, so I'll read some of these to you, and uh, you can turn, and I'll let you get time to turn to some of them. But uh, in verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, Talk about Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see the, uh, in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of, uh, of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And of course, Jesus said, Hey, when he saw him the next time, there, there's all those things you wanted to see. What was Thomas doing? He was walking by sight. He's walking by sight. Uh, sometimes if we don't have a visible manifest- manifestation, uh, manifestation that God is real, uh, if I can't see it, I begin to doubt. And so what do we do when we have struggles come in our life or things that come in question in our mind, uh, and we just don't understand, we begin to doubt. What does the Bible say? Don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. Faith, member is having confidence or trusting something or someone. And so uh, it's nothing wrong. God gave you a brain, didn't he? And hopefully you got good enough vision you could see. So it, you are going to have doubts. You're going to have doubts about things. Um, if uh, someone said, can you jump up on top of the pulpit jump out and land on the edge of the seat in front of pastor and and just catch yourself, jump right on the edge, then jump up and do a couple flips and land in pastor's lap. I would have to say, I doubt I can do that, okay? Because I, I know what my mind's telling me. But the doubt we're talking about here is not to some physical feat, it's will I believe God? Will I trust him? You know, John the Baptist... Uh, uh, we're going to see in a minute, did a lot of unbelievable things for the Lord. Yet he began to have some doubts. He began to have some doubts, and everybody's going to have doubts. You can't stop that from happening because you can perceive the world around you, right? The question is, what are you going to do when doubts start to creep in? How do you react to them? Another reason to talk about doubt is because doubt will harm us if you're someone who doesn't know Christ as your Savior and you, you reject God's way of going to heaven, uh, what is the harm? Well, when you die, you'll be separated from God forever in a place called hell. That's pretty harmful. But doubt for the believer is it's like, a, like a cancer. It starts small, but it can grow quickly. And when we allow doubt to get in our life, it will impact us. It will impact our praying, our studying, our labor for Christ. Causes us to question God. Causes us to be hesitant, be fearful. Someone said it's a slippery slope. I mean, I grew up right here in Land Lakes, And I was 20 years old in college. I had never seen snow. Never seen it. You know, never snowed, obviously, here. I had a Christian buddy that was in college with me. He was from Fort Lauderdale. He had never seen snow. Never seen it. So we were up in school in Tallahassee, and we... So, uh, we had a long weekend, and we, we, we saw that there was snow in North Carolina, and we decided we're going to drive up there and go snow skiing. <laughs> i never never seen that before. Never, I, and we were excited. Somebody loaned us a sled. I don't know why they had a sled in Florida, but they had a sled, and we, you know. But we wanted a snow ski, so we went up there, and we got there. We had one day. We went up late one day. And somebody that we knew from school had a place we could sleep, and then we drove the rest away in the morning. And get in the, we didn't have any skis or anything, so we had to rent them. So we go to this ski resort place, and we get in lines, a long line, and it's freezing cold, and we keep moving up, moving up. and we get right to the door to step in, the person steps out. Oh, all the rental equipment's gone. So, you know what we did? We, we looked for a slippery slope. So we got a sled, we'll try it. Well, the sled wasn't fast enough for a couple of stupid college guys. College guys can be stupid sometimes and try stuff. So we found that if you could sneak a tray out of the cafeteria they had there, it would really slide down fast. (laughs) And you could go from the top to the bottom really fast, but what happened at the bottom wasn't good. (laughs) But we kept going back. And another thing we discovered... I didn't know what would happen if it's icy like on a sidewalk, what could happen to you, that you could slip and fall. I don't know why anybody wants to live in the snow. Why would you? I'd much rather step in a mud puddle than slip and fall on the hard ground. But it was a slippery slope that we discovered. It went fast. And when we allow doubt to creep in our life, it, it can really impact our walk for Christ very quickly. And so we need to think about it. We need to think about it this too. It's one of Satan's main weapons is doubt. It's doubt. Remember how he, what he did to Eve? Oh, God really didn't mean that. That's not what he really said. And caused doubt, cast doubt on God's word. And uh, he'll cause you to doubt about God, doubt about his word. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11 says, Let's Don't be ignorant of his devices. And, to, and, and in Peter he tells us to be sober and be vigilant because one of Satan's big weapons is doubt now back to Matthew 11 if you're not there back to Matthew 11 again we just want to mention that doubt is a common reality for people you can have doubts where you, you're not sure you don't, you're, you're, your trust level is not very good and you're wondering what in the world going on why is God doing this and in John, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 11, uh, uh, John in verse 2 says this, And when John heard the, pr- the prison, the works of Christ, he sent to his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now, John probably been in prison a, a good while here. Back in Matthew chapter 4, it talks about him being imprisoned. And perhaps he started thinking, well, if Jesus is really who he said, I, I-, I should be released at any moment. I, I should be released, or maybe Jesus will establish his kingdom and, and, and I, I can be out of here. But I just want to say if John the Baptist can have doubts, certainly we can, can't we? Think about some of the things about John the Baptist. Look in verse 11. Jesus said this about John the Baptist Fairly I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus said he was the greatest man born of a woman. Well, that's a pretty high praise. He, he was chosen forerunner of Jesus back in Luke 1.17. In fact, when he was still in his mother's womb, when Jesus was close, he started dancing around in his mother's womb. He was so excited. He, he preached that the Messiah was coming. He saw Jesus and declared, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He saw the Spirit of God descend on Jesus from heaven and heard God's voice saying, this is my beloved Son who I'm well pleased. So this was quite, if you want to call it the Christian man. Quite the spiritual man that God used in a great way. And yet, John had doubts. Because of his circumstances, which probably weren't pleasant circumstances in prison. A man that saw all that and lived all that had doubt. So we're going to probably be faced with doubt too. Again, John may have thought, if, if you're Christ, why am I still in jail? And probably if we're honest, we find ourselves in very similar situations. Maybe even this morning, you're having some doubts in your life. Why is this happening to me? Something's come up in your life. Why is this happening to me? I thought God loved me. And if he loves me, why does this happen to me? Why do I feel alone? You feel alone. Like maybe no one cares about you. What have I done to deserve this? Have you ever said that? You said, why did I do done to deserve this? Is it, is this, is it worth it? I, I, all I go through for the Lord and, and trying to serve him and I go, get no thanks... Or people attack me, make fun of me. Is it worth it? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Um, If you want to turn there, I'll let you turn there. to to, to, Psalms chapter 10. I'm not laughing because uh, I think it's funny. I think this is uh, true of all of us. Psalms 10 and verse 1. See if you haven't thought this at some time. Psalms 10, in verse 1, and it says this. Psalms 10, verse 1. I I can hear the pages turning. That's good. Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? You ever felt that way? Where where is God? What's he doing in my life? I'm just struggling so much. And you begin... To have doubts. Back to Matthew chapter 11. What is the correct reaction to all that? What is the correct reaction when we have doubts in our life? Why is God doing Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my loved one? Why, why is my health this way? And we begin to doubt. Does God really care? Does God really love me? Is God really interested in my life? Well, what did John the Baptist do? Look in Matthew 11. Look at verse 4. Uh, well, fact, look back in verse 2. Now, when John heard in the prisons the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Who did he send them to? Did he send them to Ann Landers? Did he send them to the Internet? The Facebook group? Who who did he send his inquiry to? To Jesus. And in verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, the people that he sent, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Because the blind receive their sight and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. You know, Jesus wasn't offended or did he... Uh, chastised John for asking that question he just stated the facts you know what Jesus did he quoted an Old Testament passage verse 5 there is Isaiah 35 verses 4 through 6 of course uh, Jesus knew John would know that and what Jesus was saying is look at what I've done you can see the things I've done look at me and see what I've done and look at what I promised to do so what was Jesus telling him? This, this is really the whole, this is the whole sermon. Now, don't, don't stop listening after I tell you the whole sermon. <laughs> this, but this is it. When you have doubts, who should you go to? You go to, to Jesus, and what does the Bible say? That's the key to having victory over doubt. What, what, what does the Bible say? Who is Jesus? And you go to him. When doubts arose in John's mind, he did the right thing. He turned to Jesus for the answers. He turned to Jesus for the answers. Not circumstances, not feelings, but to Christ. He looked to him, and then what does his word say? Remember Peter when he walked on the water? You remember that story of Christ? They're kind of in the... That stormy situation, they look out and Jesus is walking across the water and they all scared. The disciples, man, that's a ghost or a spirit of some kind. And know oh, it was Jesus. So Peter, being Peter, he jumped, hey, I want to walk out there on the water. And, and, and Jesus told him, come on, come on out. So Peter went out and started walking on the water. He was walking on the water. But then what happened to him? He took his eyes off. Christ, and he looked at his circumstances and he began to sink. When Jesus got him back on board, what did he say? Why did you doubt? Why did you begin to have doubts? O oh, ye of little faith. Peter had some faith. He, he took a few steps. That was, that was pretty good. But he began to look at the circumstances and when he did, he began to have doubt. So what is the key? The key is... When the seed of doubt is planted in our minds, we need to look to Christ. Look to Christ. And what does he say in his word? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Um, Think about what Christ has done for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you just don't know how you're going to make it another day. It's just so discouraged and so... And I encourage you to look at Christ and think, you know, has Christ got me through my whole life to here? Why, well, certainly he has. Circumstances haven't got you to that. Uh, your, your best intention and your, your, your trying the hardest hasn't got you here. The Lord's got you where you're at. And if he done it, he's done it all your life, you know what? He's probably going to do it again, what? Today. And yet we, we doubt. Maybe God doesn't care about me anymore. God doesn't, where, you know, what's happened to me, he's not interested in that. But he is. If we'll look to him, like John the Baptist, he, he didn't look to anybody else. Lord, I, 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 I don't want to doubt. And, and the Lord said, uh, no, you look to the right person, and here's what I said in, in my word. And he quoted scripture to him. So, let's think about that this morning. Uh, have you ever doubted that he's the only way to heaven? You ever thought about that? There's a lot of religions in the world. How do I, I know? Well, you look to Christ and his word. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yes, Jesus is the only way. If you, Those who doubt, he can solve your financial situation or your, your career situation. What does Philippians 4.19 say? You look to Christ and his word. He shall supply all your need. We mentioned... Heading to retirement. I know it's a tough thing for senior adults sometimes. Retirement's limited. And the way our country's going, it might be more limited. But you know what? Instead of having doubts and fears, I'm going to look to Christ. And what did he say in his word? He'll supply all our need. Um, For those who doubt, he can provide you with the ability to carry out his call in your life. Whatever the Lord's called you to do. I, I just don't know if I can do that. What is... Jesus say in Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things for Christ which strengtheneth me. For those who are facing difficult times, uh, whatever it might be, and you question if God even cares, what do we need to do? Well, you look to Christ, and what does He say in His Word? Uh, all things work together for, for good, to them that love God, and that are called according to His purpose. He says in Uh, 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 7, that uh, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. You know, God, when we have doubts about provision in our life and and difficult things we're going through, you can take those cares and doubts and cast them on the Lord. You know, I was watching, uh, uh, some of you probably don't care, but college football season started. Uh, actually started last weekend but the main game started this weekend there was a game on thursday night it was west virginia against pitt now pitt means pittsburgh it's the university of pittsburgh i guess it was a good game it's an interesting game and west virginia had a player who was a wide receiver and he was just killing pitt every time they needed a play they'd throw the guy a pass and not only would he catch it he would fake him out and get extra yards and he was just killing them all game long, all game long. they throw it to him, he'd catch it. Throw it to him, he'd catch it. And then in the game, Pittsburgh scored a touchdown to even the score up, and West Virginia had a chance to march down and win the game uh, on the last thing. So they, they moved the ball, they get past midfield a little bit, and they threw a pass to that guy. He caught all the balls all game long, caught every one of them. And they threw it to him. It hit him right in both his hands. Bounced off his hands. And, and the guy from Pittsburgh intercepted it and ran it all the way back for the touchdown. That basically won the game for Pittsburgh. You know, they, they cast him the ball. But it, uh, it seemed like he did good. And then all of a sudden, voop, right through his hands. You know, when we cast your cares on the Lord, he's never going to drop it. He's always going to catch it. And he's always going to take care of our cares. And let me encourage you, if you have doubts about that kind of, that situation in your life, cast your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. Now we just had revival and something we run into a lot in revival that people get under conviction of preaching. And as a believer, they start to doubt their salvation. Turn with me to 1 John 5.13. We're almost done this morning, but I just want to touch on this again. There's two real um, teachings about salvation that are different. They sound the same, but they are different. One of them is something called the eternal security of the believer. And what that means is when you believe in Christ as your Savior, He gives you everlasting life. It's the only kind of life He gives. He doesn't give temporary life. He gives everlasting life. And that He promised never to lose us, never to cast us out. That he has us in his hand. And we're secure in God's hand. That is called eternal security. By the way, you have that as a believer, whether you know it or not. You're secure in your salvation. You cannot lose it. But what a lot of Christians suffer with and have doubts about, am I really saved? Am I, am I really going to heaven? 1 John 5.13 a very familiar passage. These things have I written on you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. Knowing that you have eternal life is another part of that, and that's called the assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation. I have eternal life, and I know it. I have the assurance of it. What is the basis of it? Well, the basis of it is not how you feel, or not how you're living your life, but what God promises in his word. That's how you get assurance. And people, a lot of times, Christians that doubt their salvation, maybe that something's happened in their life. Maybe they've gotten away from God and they, well, I'm, 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 I'm in this sin and I, I don't know if I'm really saved. But that the, your assurance is not based on how you feel or what you do. It's on what does God promise. Look in First John 5, 9. It says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he have testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not The record that God gave of His Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. What is the record God's given us? It's His Word. He said, if you believe in Christ, He's given you everlasting life. That's the record. I, um, believe it or not, I've graduated from high school. And I... (laughs) Graduated from college, and then I graduated from Bible college. And I have something that shows that. I don't feel very smart, and I don't, I, I, sometimes I forget, it's a long time ago since I was in high school, probably the last century. <laughs> but I, I don't feel graduated, but I have a record. What is it? It's my diploma. My diploma says, hey, you, you, don't, uh, you don't look too bright, Pastor Rick. Well, here, I have a diploma. That's my, my record that I have graduated. What is our record that we have eternal life? What God promises in his word. Remember, what did John do? When he began to have doubts, he looked to Christ, and, and, and Christ says, and remember what my word says. So if you're here and you have doubts about your salvation, I'd be glad to talk to you about that. And pastor, but let me tell you that the key is, it's not how you feel, it's what does the Bible say. And the Bible says, if you, if you believe, you can know you have eternal life. By the way, that is a great, it's terrible to have doubts. God says you can know it. So, for whatever doubt you may have, whatever you might be facing at this time, I, I would say there's a simple answer. Look to Jesus and his word. Look to Jesus and his word. You say, well, that's, that's too simple. No, but why don't we do it? We, we get, we get uh, so frustrated and so uh, discouraged because of doubts in our life. You don't have to go through life with doubts. When the doubts start to creep in, say, I'm not going to go down that slippery slope. I'm going to look to Christ and what does he promise? What does he say in his word? And I'm going to trust that. I'm going to put my confidence in that. Back to Matthew 11. Y'all been so good today. Y'all been listening so good. I appreciate it. This one last verse here. Verse 6 of Matthew 11. Jesus finished up saying this. And blessed is he whomsoever shall not be offended in me. Jesus again didn't chastise John. He didn't uh, get angry at John for his question. He said blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. What is he saying? Uh, Hey, when you have doubts, come to me. I won't disappoint you. I won't let you down. Come to my word, which will, will, will encourage you, which will give you answers, which will ha- help you have victory over or doubt in your life. So again, when we encounter doubt, and we will, act swiftly because doubt is a slippery slope that can really impact our life in a great way. Do what John the Baptist did and look to Jesus and his word. What does he, what does he tell me? What does he promise? And that will help you in this area of doubt. God doesn't want you to go for the uh, life with doubt because doubts lead to fears and fears will paralyze us. The Bible says, if you're here and you know Christ, the just shall live by faith. What is faith? Trusting in or having confidence in someone or something. The someone is Jesus. The something is his word. And if you'll do that, it'll help you have victory over doubt in your life. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you so much for your attention today. And maybe you're here and you know Christ is your Savior. You're struggling with doubts. Does God really care about me? Why is this happening? I I don't deserve this. Take your eyes off your circumstances. Don't live by sight. But live by faith and and look to Jesus for the answers. That's what John the Baptist did. He looked at Jesus and Jesus said, that's the the right way to look. Now look at what my word says. And if we'll look to, to Christ and His Word, it'll help us have victory over doubt in our life, whatever it might be. Maybe you're here as a believer and you, you have some doubts about your salvation. Don't look to your feelings about that. What does God promise in His Word? And He promised if you believed, you have everlasting life. Maybe you're here and you've never believed in Christ and you have doubts about things. Let me assure you that What Jesus did for you really happened. And we know it really happened because of his resurrection from the grave. It proved that his word, the Bible, was true. It proved that he was who he claimed to be. And you know, Jesus will save you and give you everlasting life if you'll put your trust in him. You know, you might have a lot of questions about things, about what the Bible says. And you know the best way to get those questions answered is you've got to put your trust in Christ. And when you do, he gives you his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit will help you understand more and more of his word. But don't let doubt keep you from, from putting your faith, your trust in Christ. You're, we're all sinners and because we're sinners we owe a debt. Jesus paid that debt for us and he rose from the dead and our good works won't pay the debt But Jesus said, since I paid it for you, if you'll put your trust in me, if you'll believe in me, I'll give you everlasting life. And I encourage you, if you've never trusted Christ, you can do that even right where you're seated. Maybe you're at home listening on live stream. If if you'd like to trust Christ as your Savior, never done it before. Just, God, I know I'm a sinner and I know I can't save myself, but I believe Jesus died for me. And I believe he paid my debt of sin. And right now, just to best know how, I'm putting my trust in Christ as my only hope for heaven. I, I believe he died for me. Again, if you're here and you have trusted Christ, uh, don't let doubts uh, defeat you in your Christian life. Walk by faith. Put your trust and confidence in Christ and in his word, and it'll help you have victory over doubt. Father, we do thank you for each one that came out. Father, we ask your... Forgive us when we we walk by sight. And, Father, help us put our faith, our confidence in you. And, Father, we know doubts will come up. It's just natural. We see things. Things don't always go the way we maybe like them to go. But, Father, help us realize we don't have to doubt. We can trust. And then we can have victory over those doubts and victory over fear in our life. And we can be what we ought to be for you. And, Father, we again thank you for each one to come out. We ask you to bless them for their faithfulness in being here today. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I hope you can come back and be with us tonight. Tonight, Pastor will be preaching, and at the conclusion of the service, we'll have communion, the Lord's Supper. So uh, please come and be part of that. And uh, we're going to have Pastor Self come up here and lead us into closing hymn again. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Pastor Self.